time ago, an American air. Wait, that's the wrong one. Hold on. <laughs> Bullshit is everywhere. Bullshit is rampant. Bullshit. That first opening that I uh, started to play was bullshit. That's for sure. Welcome back to Bullshit Filtered. The news uh, recorded uh, on the 15th or 16th of April 2018, depending on where you live. My name is Cameron Riley. Uh, It's the 16th of April where I live. And uh, with me is my my second wife, my man wife, uh, my brother from another mother, uh, Mr. Ray Harris Jr. from Virginia in the United States of Trump. Welcome right. back to the show, buddy. Uh, what's going on with you, Ray? Well, first of all, from now on, when we do, when we do these particular series, I I want my handle to be like like on like on the CB on convoy. I want my handle to be Captain Obvious. Second of all, uh, we're under a tornado warning. It's been storming, winding, rain. Everything's going crazy. Lights going out. So it's been it's been an interesting couple of hours, and we have until I think ten o'clock tonight. So this could be my last recording. A tree could fall on the house, and I would die. And then we'll see how much of an impact I have on Cam's life. Yeah, what's the name of the tornado? Because they always have great names. What's what's the name? No, t- is it a tornado warning watch? It could pop up at any moment. If you know what they should call it, uh, just Daniels. <laughs> you could say, "Oh, I'm getting smothered by Stormy Daniels." <laughs> yeah, just, just I mean, like yeah, yeah, yeah. President Trump. You're like, yeah, yeah, mm, I like it. Yeah. So um, this is Bullshit Filter, the news where we take uh, some of the news stories that have entertained us or infuriated us uh, or made us scratch our heads over the last weekend. We just talk about them. Um, And the first thing that we obviously need to talk about, particularly because this is us and um, we did a 25-hour series on the Syrian civil war to kick off the Bullshit Filter last year. Right. Is, of course... um, Donald Trump, President of the United States, believe it or not, celebrated his annual uh, Bomb Syria Festival uh, a few days ago um, by bombing Syria. Um, the thing that he likes to do once a year just to get it out of his it, system. Oh, just, oh, it's so much better now. Feels so much better. Pop- whole bunch of missiles that the U.S. military uh, had provided or had bought had been provided by the military industrial complex and you know, the used by dates were running out. Right. He's looking around. He's going, <laughs> I got nothing something. to bomb. What can yeah. I bomb? I got nothing. I got nothing. Nothing I can legitimately bomb. Let's come up with the, the thinnest possible excuse to bomb something. I got to bomb something or these things are going to run out. We're not going to get our money back. We, you know, we no. tried last time to the take receipt. them back. Yeah. That can't... <laughs> I thought I put them in this compacting little thing. Maybe they fell out. Are they on the floor? I could have swore I put it on the shredder, in the shredder Mm. right over there. I can't Well, you know, he did have the receipt, but unfortunately they were in Michael Cohen's office. Now the FBI has the receipts along with the recordings with uh, Stormy Daniels' lawyer and everything. But that's another story we'll get to, maybe. Right. Um, all right. All in all seriousness, because we shouldn't be joking around this. Right. Um, Trump bombed Syria with the support of the United Kingdom and France. And mm-hmm. um, you know, for people who haven't listened to our twenty-five hour Syria 
Uh, a, I don't blame you. Uh, B, uh, you know, we went into great detail uh, about the allegations, previous allegations about gas attacks uh, in Syria and whether or not they were, there was enough evidence to connect them to the Assad regime or to Assad himself right. or to the Free Syrian Army or to ISIS or some other re- rebel group operating in the area. Yeah. Um, so we don't need to cover all of that again, but a couple of things that I, I do think people should pay attention to with this. Um, number one is this uh, didn't go through either United States Congress Right. Um, and, of course, Trump famously, back in the Obama era, tweeted that if Obama bombed Syria without getting congressional approval first, you know, he'd be in all sorts of trouble. Right. Now, Trump's done that twice, but yeah, there's no fun in just pointing out how Trump contradicts himself because that's basically, <laughs> that's basically his MO. Say one thing right. on Monday, fucking contradicted on Tuesday. Then on Wednesday, deny he ever said it. And when <laughs> people pull up his tweets, just say it's fake news. I mean, that's yeah, that's uh, his really? MO. But yeah. it didn't go through the UN Security Council. And this is the thing that for me is the biggest issue that just isn't getting talked about much, if at all, in the media coverage of this. Right. So uh, leave aside uh, uh, whatever... Um, belief you have on whether or not Assad uh, was responsible for the gas attack. And just think of it like this. So we have one country with with a couple of its allies providing support, essentially unilaterally making a decision to bomb another country mm-hmm. because they did something they didn't like. So let's let's reverse it. Let's imagine that instead of the United States sending 106 missiles, was it something like that? 106 Mm -hmm. missiles into Syria. Imagine it was Germany that attacked the United States with 106 missiles, the capital of the United States, which is um, Mar-a-Lago, I guess, in in Florida. (laughs) Yes. Because Trump Trump did something they didn't like. Right. and they just you just arbitrarily decided, yeah, we don't like that. We're gonna we're gonna bomb you. Um, it, that would be outrageous, right? It would yeah. be considered an outrageous breach of international protocol, particularly if they didn't go to the United Nations. This is we we say this all the time, but we have to keep saying it. This is what the United States, sorry, the United Nations was created for. Yep. The United Nations Security Council. I don't know why I'm talking like the, the the fast food guy on The Simpsons, but would you like some fries with that, sir? That's what happens when I can't believe something. That's your I can't believe voice. Yeah. Yeah, I can't yeah. believe it's not Jesus. <clears throat> I did. I had a, like a 12-hour session with my documentary guy crew last night uh, working on the script and uh, the gut, trying to gut... Sorry to change the subject, but, you know, I, I managed to pull my 80-hour script down to a tight four hours. Right. And then they're, they're now forcing me to take it down oh. to an hour. Oh. It's like cutting out my right. guts and yes. putting them on the floor and jumping on them. Oh, uh, but one of the things we were talking about is I can't believe it's not Messiah uh, as a title. <laughs> anyway, um, 
Uh, yeah. uh, where was I? So it didn't go through the United Nations Security Center. The, the, the whole reason Franklin Delano Roosevelt and, and Winston Fat-Ass Churchill <laughs> and Joseph, it wasn't me, Stalin, set up the United Nations in the first place at the end of World War II and the United Nations Security Council was to stop countries just invading or bombing each other arbitrarily. Uh, you're supposed to go through the the, the Security Council and get yeah. the agreement of the international body. Right. Now, we, we know that the United States doesn't give a shit about this. They just do whatever the fuck they want. It's, you know, Trump's not the first to do it. Trump's done it. Uh, 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 Bush did it. Uh, Clinton did it. Uh, Bush Senior did it. Reagan did it. You know, no, no one apart from maybe Jimmy Carter and did Barack Obama. Barack Obama droned people. I guess I think yeah. that's pretty much the same thing. You can't just go yeah. around droning people either. No. Uh, um, they just kind of ignore. They expect the rest of the world to abide by the. So so then so when. Vladimir Putin a few years ago intervened in uh, the Crimea. Yeah. Um, United States went fucking we lost ballistic. It. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But then they will turn around and intervene in Syria. Now you might say, well, Russia's intervening in Syria, but Russia got invited yeah. by the government of Syria. Uh, United States didn't. Um, so. So that's the first thing. It, it, it's it's a breach of international protocol, if not international law. Now, I know that a lot of the countries of the world, France, Germany, um, uh, uh, Australia, supported this attack, which I right. think is despicable in the first place. All of these countries should be saying, whoa, uh, why didn't you put this through the United Nations Security Council? Now, the American response would be, well, because Russia vetoes everything that we try and do in the Security Council regarding Syria. Yeah. Go, yeah, okay, but you you veto everything that the rest of the world tries to do in Israel. So does that mean the rest of the world can just bomb Israel? And you'll be like, hey, well, fair enough. You didn't like what Israel... Right. We'll get to that. Shooting Palestinian uh, protesters. Um, you know, it's this, this blatant hypocrisy that the US would never stand for but feels the right to do... It's 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 just a fucking mess, man. And and I have to point out with this that this bombing in in particular, when we leave aside the legality of it, it obviously wasn't a piece of military strategy designed to win anything in terms of the war aims. It's going to have no effect on the situation at all. It's going to have no effect on Assad removing Assad. It's not the first time they've bombed them. You know, it's, probably won't be the last time next year. Um, and really, it's just uh. A part of political theatre, you know, and, and I've had people, listeners to our show, tweeting, emailing, Facebooking me over the last week ever since Trump said he was going to bomb them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, Trump, Trump, big believer in not telegraphing your moves, <laughs> then fucking telegraphs his moves. Anyway. And, b- and before to- that, he said, we need to get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And that, to me, is the time. If you look at the timing, he said... We're pulling, we're pulling out, uh, uh, you know, whatever uh, little activity they had in Syria at the point. Right. We're going to pull that out. When they say that a gas attack happens, uh, oh. which obviously draws them back in, um, and also the timing of it, I don't know if you saw this, but um, the OPCW, 
the the division of the United Nations that's uh, that goes and investigates on the puts people on the ground to investigate gas attacks, chemical warfare attacks. Right. Uh, was supposed to be landing in Syria the day that uh, Trump bombed them. Mm. They tweeted, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're heading to Damascus today to investigate the gas attack and get evidence. And Trump bombed them I don't know, six hours later. God. Now, um, yeah. And we've, sorry, we've seen that before, right? With the previous gas attacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big one that happened in Gouda, uh, I think it was a year ago, early last year, early 2017. Um when the OPCW was supposed to be putting people on the ground to investigate it, Gouda got uh, attacked, right. or Syria got attacked. So there seems to be, in all of these instances, there's a similar play of events. Trump says, as he did when he first was sworn in, we're going to pull out of Syria, then a gas attack happens, which obviously makes him stay involved to some degree or to attack it. Um, and then just as the OPCW is going in to investigate who was responsible for the attack, uh, Trump bombs Syria. Um, that's This is at least the second time right. that has played out. But again, I don't see the mainstream media pointing out the recurrence of that order of events, uh, which you would think is something they would probably want to mention um, but it doesn't get mentioned, and I have to imagine that's because they deliberately don't want to draw attention to that. It's just, you know, most of the media coverage is just, uh, oh, the, everyone fucking loves it. Like the Democrats and the Republicans are all, oh, this is great. They yeah. love a good bombing. There's nothing the Democrats love more than a good bombing. <laughs> As long as it's somewhere else, yeah. Uh, the the only the equivalent I came up with when we were, when you gave your equivalent was like Canada bombing the United States when they found out that uh, that the city of Flint, Michigan, purposefully put in substandard uh, pipes for the water, so all those you know thousands of people would be contaminated. And Canada stands up and goes, "You cannot do this to your own people," and they bomb us. It's it's basically basically something that outrageous where we just get involved in someone else's problems. First of all, I want to say that Trump is out to get me, and I can prove this. I shut down all my communications Friday night. I'm getting ready for the race Saturday morning. He chooses then when I'm in, when I'm when I'm you can't reach me to bomb. It's all over the news. I don't see anything about it. I don't hear anything about it. I get through the race. We go have lunch. I, I finally turn on my uh, phone like hours and hours later, and then I hear about all this bombing. So you and I are doing a weekly news show, and I have no idea this is going on. I think it was done on purpose. I think the timing is suspect. I just mm. wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, it was mm, all, all he's, 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 he's watching you. He's watching. He's making <laughs> sure. Wait till Ray turns his back before I do things. And then ba-boom. Mm. Yeah. No, I, I agree with everything you said. I just want to add one thing, and this and this is what I'm going to call the Captain Obvious Clause of our show. So what gets me is that, and I think you were saying this on Facebook or something like that, um, you know, obviously we're not being threatened. France is not threatened. Uh, the United Kingdom is not threatened. We're fine. We're safe. We're cozy. And we're sending bombs all the way over there. The United States, as of last year, was bombing seven different countries. We're bombing, we're bombing the ISIS uh, factions in Iraq and Syria. We're bombing Afghanistan. That's now our longest war. We're bombing the Taliban in, in Pakistan. We're bombing Al-Qaeda in Yemen. We're bombing in Libya and in Somalia. 
but we're not using chemical weapons. So we can bomb anybody we want. We don't have to declare war. We don't have to run it through Congress. We don't have to run it through the United Nations. We're bombing all these different places, supposedly in the war on terror. We're not using chemical weapons. Supposedly, Al-Assad does, even though we both know that there's a good chance that that's fake because you don't launch a gas attack, kill 12 people, and then incur the wrath of the world just just for uh, just to wipe out 12 of your enemies with with chemical weapons that, that's just bullshit but the point is w- the united states is bombing a whole bunch of people killing a whole bunch of people and you know civilians are are dying as well but we're not using chemical weapons so that just seems to be the 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 uh guide the ruler that we're going by they supposedly do this and we're all over it and, and we're bombing them this, this is just ridiculous and again, Theresa May's got her problems. I know Trump's got his problems. I don't know much about France, why the president there would want a distraction. But between Theresa and May and, uh, and Trump, you know that they're looking for distractions. And here's a perfect opportunity. And just the hypocrisy involved just makes me physically sick. And the, you know, the other aspect of the hypocrisy that we, we talked about on our Syrian Civil War series is, of course, you know the the the, the international uh, uproar regarding chemical weapons today is um, fine, but in the eighties, mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein was using chemical warfare on the Iranians, Iranians, uh, killing right. thousands and thousands of Iranian soldiers and civilians. No one cared back then, and and who sold him his chemical weapons? Ooh, ooh. Us and the Brits? Yes, you and the Brits. Um, So when it's an ally of ours that's using chemical warfare to kill people, it's good. When it's an enemy of ours, then it's, you know, notoriously bad. But you don't, no one talks about that. They're all like, well, we have to do this to stop the normalization of chemical warfare. Well, motherfucker, you you invented the normalization of chemical warfare in the 80s. Uh, but yeah, it's not brought up. It's forgotten. And oh, but we yeah. don't do it now, really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Until you know, until we do it. Until it starts getting used in Yemen. <clears throat> yeah. Of course, as we also pointed out in the uh, Syria series, the, there is a, a, a framework in place where countries like the United States and the so- uh, Soviet Union and Russia. Are supposed well, to we're supposed to get rid of their chemical weapon supplies like a decade ago. Uh, they were both late in doing it, but Russia finally did opened itself up to international inspections. They got rid of their chemical weapons. The United States still hasn't. They're like, oh, look, we're going to get to it. We just got to find these tax receipts busy. for our yeah. <laughs> well, we're still trying to organize missiles. that military parade. As soon as we have the military parade, then we'll get on it. Yeah. So, you know, just keep that in mind when you're looking at the news footage over the next week or so about this attack in Syria. It didn't go through the United Nations Security Council and uh, the timing of it, very suspect. And um, But this is what happens when we've got a reality TV show for uh, a White House in the United States. When America hired the star of NBC's Apprentice to play the role of president, um, you know, we should expect that these sorts of things feel like an episode of, I don't know, either Wag the Dog or Homeland. Of course, that's the other thing that people are talking about is the connection between that and the scandals that are going on with Trump at the moment. But Trump's going through scandals every fucking day. So, 
<laughs> you know, no big they're, deal. they're always he can't bomb Syria every day. Well, he can, but there will be repercussions. And there's the other thing: people are like, "Oh my God, we're going to go to war with <laughs> the American media." Is like, "Oh my God, we're going to go to war with Russia now." Like, hold on, yeah. yesterday you were telling me that Trump and Putin were best mates, that he had yeah. Putin's dick in his mouth half the time. Now you're telling me they're going to war? Like, fucking pick a narrative. Which one is it? Are they... Are they... Frenemies. Frenemies, yeah. Yeah, or how much of it is political theatre? It's the same as when, you know, it was all blowing up between Trump and Kim a couple of months ago and everyone was tweeting me and emailing me going, oh, we're going to war with North Korea. I'm like, listen, you're not going to war with North Korea. Let's just... Trust me, you're not going to war with North Korea. This is political theatre for both sides... Oh, right. look at us. We look tough. Yeah, these guys are the bad guys. And I can tell you, um, uh, uh, the United States is highly unlikely. I won't say completely won't, but highly unlikely that the United States is going to go to war with either North Korea or Russia. And why? Because North Korea and Russia can fight back. The United States doesn't get involved in wars with countries that can fight back. I've said this a million times. They like to get involved in wars with third world countries with half-assed armies and outdated weapons where they can have a, a, an easy victory and look good and wave the flag and go, rah, rah, we're awesome. Name, yeah. name the last time the United States got involved in a war with somebody who was able to fight back, Ray. Yeah. No. no. Name it. Name one. Name it. Name it. That somebody was able to fight back? Yeah. Let's see here. Well, the Vietnamese uh, fought back pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> no, yeah. that's true. Yeah, exactly. they, they fought back with spears and holes in the ground. But uh, yeah, like people will often say, well, Germany, World War Two, Germany. Yeah, by the time you got involved in World War Two, motherfuckers, he was, he was tied up with Stalin. You know, he right. was, you know, he, he, he gutted. Yeah. Well, you know, he had a bit, a bit of energy left in him at the beginning of 1942, but you know, there was the, the, he was the Soviet's problem. Wasn't America's problem. Um, Japan. Yeah. We know Japan was pretty weak. Um, obviously by the time the U S uh, got to them, you know, they, they, they had nothing, but, he, but particularly since world war two, America's the nuclear power that everyone has been terrified of, and they just they don't get involved in wars with uh, other nuclear powers. They'll, they'll play little proxy wars on the sides, um, but they just tend to get in, not get involved. Look, look at the wars or the invasions that America's done since World War Two. I mean, there's never been one against a player that had nukes and can fight back. And and DPRK and um, and uh, Russia have nukes. DPRK's mm-hmm. nukes might be shitty nukes. Maybe they're nukes that are carried on the back of donkeys and they can't travel very far, but they have nukes. <laughs> they can get them far enough to get them into ah. South Korea. and That would be the least of South Korea's problems. You see, you see what's going on with it. We haven't put this in the notes, but the, the ex-president of uh, South Korea, Park, uh, Mrs. Park, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> we could sentence to... Slightly less, slightly more than guilty. I mean, slightly more than innocent. 23 yeah. years in jail or something she got sentenced to last week yeah. uh, for corruption. And she's, I think, the third or fourth South Korean president to go to jail for corruption. One committed suicide when he was charged with corruption a couple of years ago. I think it was Moon. Um yeah, South Korea's got a lot of lot of problems. The the CEO of Samsung was sentenced, but then he's appealing it. But 
um, to jail. But yeah, they got they got a lot. We're, we're always focused on how fucking crazy uh, North Korea is, but yeah, South <laughs> like, Korea, man, it's right got, behind them. Speaking of South Korea, penis uh-huh. facials. Um, just to change the subject, but it does join up. Now, this is a great story. I, I, I needed to, we needed to talk about this. I immediately thought of you when I read this story. Oh. Now, the funny thing about this is, I don't know if you've watched the, um, the, uh, uh, TV series that Seth Rogen produced, um, that I can't even remember. Hold on. Sure. And the answer is no, I haven't. Mm, 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 mm. Just uh, edit this out. Fuck. Producer. Preacher. I don't know if you've watched the, uh, the, the TV series Preacher. No. Um, based on a great comic, not a great TV series, to be honest. Okay, but not great. Produced by Seth Rogen. Um, but there was a, there was a, there was a scene. There's a character in this. is is an Irish vampire, and he was going on and on about uh, uh, people using babies' foreskins to <laughs> as skincare oh products in an episode no. last year, and then this story came out uh, a couple of months ago. So Kate Blanchett or Kate Blanchett, depending on how you want to pronounce it, a great Australian actress, really one of the great uh, actresses working today up there. Mm-hmm. She's like the, the, the Australian Meryl Streep. Right. Um, she mentioned in an interview with a women's magazine, I think in the US, that uh, Sandra Bullock had taken her to a, a skincare place in New York where uh, she had a penis facial. And... Right. I thought, yeah, right, and I did that when we were in Vegas, but apparently different thing, different thing. Um, now, there is, this is, this is real. There is a, there is a, there is a, a, a beauty parlor run by a woman called Georgia Louise in New York City. Right, right. That um, injects cloned baby foreskins that they get from South Korea uh, into the faces of women. Uh, to make them look younger, to improve the yeah. uh, health and vitality of their skin. Now, I was just in New York a couple of months ago, and I wish I'd gone to this place because you know I'm getting I'm getting on. I just want to watch, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just want to watch. No, <laughs> I don't. No, um, and it's a lot better than just having oh. you finish on my face. So this sounds um, <laughs> so. Uh, apparently, uh, Kate Blanchett said it smells like sperm. Let's just call it a jizz mask. Uh, they, they put a jizz mask on. And uh, so, yeah, there's this whole thing that's going on now. <sighs> Ray, you and I have talked about some weird fucking shit over the years. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. you know, what What are your thoughts on uh, baby foreskin uh, skincare products, Ray? Is it something well, you would... You would send your wife Heather to go and get a jizz mask. I know you've it, tried to funny. give her one several times just in this last week, but <laughs> right. But I keep waking her up. Um, <laughs> true story. True story. When I saw when I saw this in the news, I went up to Heather and I said, "Hey, what if I was willing 
to do something to make you look 10 years younger. I'm going to, I'm going to drive you or fly you to New York. It's going to cost $650. They're going to take the foreskin from babies. They spin it around the centrifuge. They take the stem cells. They clone the stem cells. They're going to wash your face. They're going to give you a peel and then they're going to inject it into your face. This woman had it done. She wrote an article on it. She said it made her look 10 years younger. She walked into her house and her husband said, whoa, look at you. You look great. Heather said, sign me the fuck up right now. So I don't think there is a limit. I don't think there's anything that in our society, and this is 2018, we are not getting better. We are not evolving as a society. I told her all of this and I was cringing the entire time. She said, sign me the fuck up. So anything anything to look mm. younger i think that's where we are clearly at as a society and i <sighs> and that's when you hit it with the look i'm not going to do that but i'll inject some sperm into your face right now <laughs> i said we're going to do the local version right now give me about 30 seconds just as a test it might work i don't know have you ever you how know, about two years know. younger i can make you two, look two years younger right now so you know I, I i remember injecting sperm in your face and you look 10 years younger oh wait that's right because it was 10 years ago the last time you gave me a blowjob. Because <laughs> we got married and the blowjobs just stopped. I don't know if you gave, when... <laughs> you took, you forced. But anyway, I guess romance is romance. <laughs> so that's uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, if, any, if any of our listeners have had uh, a penis facial, um, right. let us know. And for you guys, for, for your anniversaries that are coming up, you know, you can look her up. It, it, is, it is legit. Daniel, just tell your wives that um, you're going to give her a penis facial and see how she goes. See how that works out for you. Um, now, this here's a bit of a science story because uh, you know this show. I don't want to be all politics and penis facials. We need to we need to look at some science and some tech stories. I saw this headline uh, during the week. Was there a civilization on Earth before humans? And I immediately thought it was something my mother had sent me. Because she's always sending me these, you know, crazy, bloody, I don't know, do, do, do people talk to the dead? New proof that, you know, oh. something. So just, you know. You always go to the websites and the websites are like, new the URL is new earth age, you know, hippie facts.com. And I'm like, really? Really? Really, Mom? Uh, but on. this one was on the Atlantic.com. And I started to read it immediately assuming it was going to be bullshit. It turns out. It's written by an astrobiologist, a guy called Adam right. Frank, and it's about a paper that he wrote with a guy called Gavin Schmidt, who's the director of NASA's Goddard Institute for Space Studies, a.k.a. JIZ. Um, <laughs> just connecting it to the JIZ mask. Speak, speaking of right. JIZ, um, yeah. yeah, the Goddard Institute. <laughs> Where do you work? I'm with the, so the, JIZ, the JIZ division of NASA. <laughs> Like, does it do? come? Does it come out the end of the rockets? Is that why they're shaped like penises? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what? What other qualifications? No, we're right. We get we get all of our jizz from South Korea, man. It's great. They it's baby jizz. Uh, it's corrupt government and baby jizz. That's all you need to know about South Korea. I don't know how foreskin. What foreskin has to do with jizz? You know, foreskin is not actually. I don't know how, yeah. the, how the connection well, they said from it foreskins smelled to sperm. Like, she sperm. said it smelled like sperm. I know. Yeah. Anyway. Anybody else aroused? Uh-huh. <laughs> really? Baby foreskins get you turned on? Really? I know you're from Virginia, but really? That's where you've... 
if, if it's not my cousin's foreskin, then I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're righty. Um, so, so here's this is an intro. This is a serious story. Get back to uh, was there a civilization? So what this right. guy's talking about is what evidence would we look for in the archaeological record to be able to tell whether or not there was an advanced civilization on this planet millions of years ago? Mm-hmm. Because in theory, you know, this the planet is old enough that an advanced civilization, an advanced industrial civilization, could have arisen at some point in the in the deep past. Yeah, uh, wiped itself out as we are in the process of wiping ourselves out, right. um, and then you know had millions of years of dirt and rock and, and lava and whatever put on top of it. And, and, and according to these guys, it would be mm-hmm. extremely difficult to tell. Now, this is, so this is actually a very, very serious article. He says, um, quote from, when it comes to direct evidence of an industrial civilization, things like cities, factories, and roads, the geologic mm-hmm. record doesn't go back past what's called the quaternary period, 2.6 million years ago. For example, the oldest large-scale stretch of ancient surface lies in the Negev Desert. It's just 1.8 million years old. Older surfaces are mostly visible in cross-section via something like a cliff face or rock cuts. Go back mm-hmm. much further than the quaternary and everything has been turned over and crushed to dust. So if it's more than 2.6 million, there's a good chance we'll never know it existed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you would have to be very lucky. Now, we have, you know, we, we find dinosaur fossils, obviously, that are older than that. Um, I have some here on my desk. I, I've got dinosaur fossils that are millions of years old. Um, but they're, they're very rare, we know, to find fossils. Uh, they They have to be trapped in in very peculiar circumstances where they right. they they don't get crushed to dust and uh, then we have to be very lucky to find them to stumble across them usually you know there's a swamp or something like that that that, that they sank into and, and and it survived for millions of years and, and didn't end up getting crushed or whatever um so this is really interesting what they're, they're talking about is a hundred million years from now let's say human civilization wipes itself out in the next century, which is highly likely. 100 million years from now, scientists looking for evidence of us, what would they be able to find? Mm-hmm. I, I would imagine at the very least, maybe some of the older satellites in space, if they all haven't fallen, any of the foundations, buildings, things well, they, like that, but I, I don't know. They will have fallen. Satellites aren't going to... I mean, they're either going to you know run out of they're either going to run out of juice and and fall into the earth and and either get burnt up on their um way Mm, in or or get destroyed on impact or they're going to get hit by asteroids uh, and uh just you know disappear into space yeah they're gonna last a hundred million years man they're gonna last fucking a hundred years most of them um so uh, is what they say is there's, there's, a, there's a number of things that we would probably be able to, scientists 100 million years from now would probably be able to look for. It's not buildings. It's not roads. It's not um, batteries. Uh, it, it's, or uh, 
Potato chips. Statues of uh, uh, the Fuhrer Trump. It's things like um, the evidence of fertilizer. Now, we use fertilizer, obviously, around the world, keeps 7 billion people fed, um, and it, it redirects the planet's flows of nitrogen into the food production system. So scientists 100 million years from now should be able to see nitrogen showing up in the sediments from our era. There'd be a spike in the nitrogen in, in gotcha. the, the soil from this era. And they go, oh, okay, yeah, nitrogen. Yeah, there's evidence that somebody was fucking with the nitrogen system way back then, right? <laughs> um, but it's stuff like that. There's another one that they point out is plastic. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of plastic, obviously, in the sea. It's, it, it ends up on the sea floor. Um, wind and sun and, and waves grind down large-scale plastic down to, like, microscopic plastic particles. Um, but then they create a layer on the ocean floor that could, in theory, persist for millions and millions of years. But again, you'd have to go looking for that. You'd have to be very, I mean, to find a layer of plastic in, I don't know how many, what, what, is a layer every million years or something. Um, you would have to be, and oceans obviously change over time and all that kind of stuff. Right. And you'd have to go down to the bottom of the ocean if the ocean is still there in 100 million years and dig into the ocean to find it because it'd be buried in hundreds of layers of sediment and other things that came after we wiped ourselves out. So... Um, you know, there are telltale cells. Another one is the evidence of the temperature going up. Now, apparently, 56 million years ago, the temperature right. of the Earth was substantially higher than it is now. It's what they call the PETM, the mm. Paleocene-Aocene Thermal Maximum. Uh, the average temperature of the Earth at the time climbed 15 degrees Fahrenheit above what we experience today. And so there is evidence from that in the geological record and that, mm-hmm. you know, they, they may be able to see markers like that in the future. But anyway, really interesting story. Now, these two scientists say uh, at the end that they don't believe there were any advanced industrial civilizations on this planet, but right. um, it was interesting for them as a thought exercise to say, well, if there had been, where would we look? What would we look for? And what sort of evidence is our civilization likely to leave? But uh, I, I'd never really thought about that seriously before. I'd always, yeah. I guess, kind of assumed that if there had been, it would be quite evident. But these guys are like, no, man. Like they, yeah. they, If they wiped themselves out a couple of million years ago... And you think about humans, like Homo sapiens really started to break away from our chimp ancestors, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of years ago. 300, yeah. Um, that's not a lot of time. And, and we probably <laughs> right. left very little in the archaeological record for most of that 300,000 years. Uh, 10,000 years ago, we started building civilizations and, and cities and then we started building fucking pyramids and, and buildings and walls and shit like that. Um, industrial revolution happened 100 and whatever, 50 years ago, let's say. Um, and if we wipe ourselves out in the next 100 years, either through 
combination of climate change or, or, or nuclear war or, or nanotech gone wild or, or AI merges and wipes us out because we're a bunch of cunts. Um, you, you know, we'll have had a 250-year record of an advanced industrial civilization in an archaeological, a, a geological record that goes back billions of years. That's a that's a that's a ant's fart in a fucking zoo, man. <laughs> like trying to find that, you know, it it, it doesn't yeah. even register. Um, so, so millions, and according to these guys, like millions of years later, there's nothing left, nothing left except oh. for the smell of a fart somewhere down there that you have to dig through and get your nose really right low. in there. Yeah, yeah, right in there. Get it in there. As you said to me in Vegas, so I don't know. It's, I, I found that a fascinating article. What did yeah. you think of all that? I, I thought it was the the second most interesting thing uh, that I thought was interesting. Obviously, the first is if it's more than two point six million years ago, we'll never know that it ever happened. It doesn't matter. But the second part, the second most interesting thing was that because Homo sapiens had been around for only about three hundred thousand years, if there was something before us and they had some kind of level of technology, it wouldn't have been Homo sapiens. So just the idea that whatever came before us could have had a advanced civilization to some degree, and then and then. It of course it gets wiped out and then all the evidence gets wiped out that i found really cool but again we will just never know and like you said unless we get really lucky with with coming across something that's been preserved in some very strange or weird manner Shelley. I thought for sure you were going to play Get Your Hands Off Me, You Damn Dirty Apes. Yeah, no, the good one. I should have done that. That was good. Um, but you did it, so I don't need to do it. Um, All right. Next story on the story list, Ray, back to hardcore politics. Uh, we did mention last week right. we talked a little bit about the Gaza protests. Um, obviously, this has continued. Uh, they're doing their regular Friday protests now on the border, the Gaza border. Mm-hmm. Uh, gee, uh, the last numbers that I got, these are a couple of days old, but um, since the protests began two weeks ago, 34 Palestinians have been killed by Israeli forces and more than 2,000 injured. Um, Now, uh, to the best of my knowledge, this has still been a peaceful protest. I think the the best mm-hmm. that uh, the you know the Israelis have been able to claim is that some people threw some rocks. Um, but right. one of the most shocking things is the number of journalists that have been shot by Israeli forces. Um, not as of as of a couple of days ago, anyway. Nine journalists covering the protest Jeez. have been hospitalised with serious leg injuries um, after. The Israelis shot at them. Um, uh, one of them, Izu, is Abu Shanab, is a freelance photographer, had a big mm-hmm. flak jacket with press 
written on it and a helmet. He got shot. Um, he was 400 metres away from the border fence, he says, and the Israelis shot him in the leg uh, with an explosive bullet which broke the leg. So it sounds like some of the Israeli snipers are deliberately targeting journalists to stop them from reporting on what's happening there. Obviously shooting him in the leg where he doesn't have some kind of protection. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right, though. I think they're encouraging the press not to cover this. Yeah, trying to scare the press off. Uh, another journalist, Jamil Dalan, who was there, said he's going to he's going to continue despite the uh, physical threats. He says, "We as journalists send a message. No matter what my wife or mother says, we love our work. Because of that, we'll keep coming here." Um, right. So, you know, uh, uh, there's a gas attack in Syria. Trump has to shoot missiles uh, at the Syrians. 34 Palestinians have been killed for protesting uh, by Israel. Nothing. Like, in, in fact, yeah. you know, I'm sure the United States and their allies support this. And again, if, if anyone, any uh, other international body um, or inter- any country tries to take action against Israel through the Security Council, the U.S. would... Um, uh, make sure that that didn't get very far because of their veto on the Security Council. And they've already made sure this can't be investigated or talked about with their veto. So just now that that's a, having a, a good ally on your side who won't even let people investigate it or talk. Yeah. About it. Barry Morris, one of our longtime fans, who's uh, an Israeli in Israel, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, sent me a, a bunch of messages during the week just basically saying that he thinks... The United Nations is bullshit um, and <laughs> that uh, it's not fair and those sorts of things. And um, I don't know, man, I guess my position always on the United Nations is, yeah, look, we know the United Nations uh, isn't perfect. We know the Security Council isn't perfect, particularly the veto system, but it's what we have. It was deliberately established at the end of World War Two to try and... Uh, um, intervene in the affairs between nations and 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 prevent further breaks out or breakouts breaks out breakouts that's probably better of war and um you know you either sign up to the articles of the united nations and agree to abide by them or you don't and you know, I, I I don't think you can like Israel and like Australia for that matter, because we're uh, as guilty of this. Um, you can't say yes, I'm going to be a member of the United Nations and I'm going to sign up to the Articles of the United Nations, and then when you get criticised by the United Nations, as Israel constantly is, and as Australia has been over our treatment of our indigenous population and over our treatment of right. uh, asylum seekers. And our arbitrary detention of asylum seekers in various island concentration camps over the last 10 years can't turn around and go, fuck you, what do you know? Which is what a lot of these countries do. You know, we, we sign up to the United Nations and we, we use the United Nations when they're agreeing with what we want them to agree with, when they turn their focus on us and go, hey, right. that's, that's fucking bullshit. Cut that out. We go, fuck you, fucking United Nations. What do you right. know? You're a bunch of cunts. And it's just this hypocrisy. So, you know, I was saying to, I was saying to yeah. Barry, look, um, it's, it's just democracy. 
Like you either believe in democracy or you don't. You can't say, well, uh, yeah, I'm all for democracy in my country, but if they, if if the people elect the wrong president, then you know, fuck democracy. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna yeah. just ignore it and go do my own thing. That yeah. that doesn't work. Doesn't, doesn't work. work. That way. And it's the yeah. same uh, in the UN. It, that's it's essentially it's a it's a global democracy. Now, where it breaks down is when you have five countries that get to say yay or nay to the democracy which is the, the way the, right. the permanent members and their veto works in the Security Council. So that is inherently broken. We have to work with it because it's what we have, but we, we should be trying to change that using Absolutely. the democracy. You know, so I, I would say that um, as citizens of countries that are members of the United Nations, we should be urging our politicians to do something about fixing the broken veto system in the Security Council. It's a matter of significant international importance that we fix that. But you don't see anyone talking about it. At least I don't. At a, at a domestic political level, who's talking about fixing the veto? Yeah. Anyone? No one. No. Yeah, because you're absolutely right. I mean, if I don't like what my representative is doing next time elections come around, I have to live within the context of it. I can vote for that person. I can vote that person out or vote against them or whatever. But yeah, I, I would love to know the, the appropriate procedure for changing procedures on the security council and like you like you said you can't do it through violence or revolution or at least you you probably wouldn't succeed at that find out what the context is and work within the system because that's the only way you're going to have true permanent change but like you said i don't i have never heard anyone even float the idea of trying to change anything about the u.n just bitch and of course the great irony about israelis complaining about the u.n is that israel exists because of the u.n Right. The UN created right. Israel, created the conditions for the establishment of Israel as a nation in the middle of Palestine after World War II. Uh, so they're like, yeah, fucking good on you, United Nations. What? You, you don't like what we're doing? Fuck you. What do you know? It's 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 right. it's outrageous. Um, just before we leave that, um, it's not just Palestinians uh, that or, or international observers that are criticizing the Israeli attack on the protesters. Um, there are also a group of Israeli uh, like ex snipers, I think, that are. Um, condemning it um i've got this from juancole.com says on thursday a group of former israeli soldiers members of the sniper teams wrote in an open letter we are filled with shame and sorrow instructing snipers to shoot to kill unarmed demonstrators who pose no danger to human life is another product of the occupation and military rule over millions of palestinian people as well as of our country's callous leadership and derailed moral path. Ooh. Um, one also quotes uh, one Gaza resident, uh, 36-year-old Sumaya Abu Awad, who says, I have no fear of dying because there is no life in Gaza. Um, he, he goes on to say, uh, well, sorry, Juan Cole goes on to say that a, a report by the UN says that Gaza will be uninhabitable by 2020. And I thought, well, that's fucking sci-fi. That's a long long way in the future. Like, the you know, aliens could be here. But then I realized, shit, that's 
one and a half years from now is 2020. <laughs> right. Um, due to a, due to the destruction of infrastructure uh, in Israel's periodic bombings of the Strip and the blockade, which has severely limited right. Gazan ability to rebuild. So, um, yeah. Uh, so the protests are set to continue every Friday until May 15th. So we've got another month of those, which will mark the 70th year um, of what the Palestinians call Nakba, or catastrophe, which is when 700,000 Palestinians were expelled from their land when the uh, Israeli army moved in. So, yeah, uh, that is going more on at the yeah. moment. Um, I guess we've got time for what? One more story, maybe? Sure. Well, just before we... F- which well, before we finish like? that, I just want to talk yeah. about uh, the way that uh, the, the uh, politicians are responding to this. Um, you know, you look at most of the Democrats in the U.S. As far as I'm aware, most of them are saying nothing about it. Most of the Democrats in the U.S. are pro-Israel. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we, we can get into the the weeds about why at some other time do they genuinely side with the Israelis or is it because they're scared of criticizing Israel because of the power of the pro-Israel lobby of the United States or is it that only people that are pro-Israel manage to get elected in the United States Uh, if you're a politician and you speak out against some of Israel's actions uh, is that sort of political um death knell for you one yeah i think i mean there's a combination of all those things i'm sure is is probably the answer right senator elizabeth warren uh has actually come out and spoken about it she said this week i am deeply concerned about the deaths and injuries in gaza as additional protests are planned for the coming days the uh, israel defense forces should exercise restraint and respect the rights of Palestinians to peacefully protest. So she's not exactly condemning the actions outright, but is at least talking about it and calling for restraint, which is a lot more than most of your Democrats are doing. Although, of course, Bernie Sanders has come out. He was the first member of Congress to comment on the situation at all. Um, and this is going back a couple of weeks ago when the protests first started and people first started getting shot. He tweeted, The killing of Palestinian demonstrators by Israeli forces in Gaza is tragic. It is the right of all people to protest for a better future without a violent response. Here, here. Um, yeah, he and, he and, uh, he and uh, the lady um, need to, uh, Elizabeth Warren and uh, Bernie need to run together. In 2020, but that's just my two mm. cents. So, uh, but, you know, again, interesting. We talked in the last show about the kind of uh, people the Democrats are putting forward for the midterms, who a lot of whom seem to be on the right of centre. Um, and this is right. just another classic. I mean, talking about the bombing of Syria, uh, you know, I saw a lot of messaging on the social medias over the last... A uh, few days, they're like, "Well, you're glad you didn't vote for Hillary now." They're like, dude, Hillary was asking, was calling for the bombing of Syria a couple of years ago. Like, Syria, yeah. Syria fucking, if Hillary was president, she'd be in there. She'd have troops on the ground in Syria, man. Um, yeah, she was pretty hard ass. Yeah, yeah, she's she's more more hawkish than Trump is by far. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, same with this. She's pro pro Israel as well. So she'd be she'd be totally in support of Israel doing whatever the fuck they want. Um, so let's move on from that. And uh, I just wanted to talk. Let's skip down to the bottom if we can, Ray. We'll skip John Boehner going green and uh, smoking weed. Boehner, um, yeah. Couple hero. of oh, okay, couple of quick stories to wrap up. The boy who came back from heaven. Um, now I remember when the never went. Yeah, I remember when this story came out. Uh, uh, I don't know, yeah. f- fucking, I don't know, seven or eight years ago. A uh, story is that this boy was involved in a car accident, left him in a coma. When he regained consciousness, he told his family that he had gone to heaven and communicated with God and Jesus. And it was obviously a huge story and people were sending it to me because I'm, you know, the world's most famous atheist or something, apparently. And they were like, oh, look at this. What do you say now, motherfucker? I'm going. "Uh, You're going to hell. Yeah, no, like a 10 year old kid said something happened that that carries a lot of weight um, <laughs> I'm convinced. wow wow he, he wasn't even 10 i think so he's he's 20 now this is in 2004 this is 14 years ago he was six he was six at the time like precocious yeah, yeah. um and yeah. and so there's a couple of things that should have he's so the point is he's now 20 and he's come out and said yeah i just made all that up it was all bullshit um my father um made me do it and I went along with it to make my father happy, basically. His father's now dead. Yeah. Um, there was a, 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 oh, a book gotcha. written, uh, millions of dollars. Where This book was a big, you know, huge, huge bestseller because yeah. American Christians All the right people would buy anything. Yeah. Um, apparently, kid didn't make any money out <laughs> of it. Publish, the publishing company made a right. ton of money, according to this kid's lawsuit, allegedly. And he got paid nothing. He's paralyzed. You know, he came out of the coma. He's paralyzed in a wheelchair. Um, and so they're suing. So he's going, yeah, I just made it all up. My dad made me do it. I, I did it to keep him happy. There was also a movie made about this. Um, oh, you know, uh, so, um, <laughs> so apparently, uh, the kid, even at the time or not long after the time, tried to tell his pastor that the book was wrong, right. but nobody would believe him then when he tried to change his story. Now, the, the, the first two things that should have been a giveaway. Number one, his name is Malaki. Um, <laughs> sounds like a fake. Yeah, I didn't yeah know Alex that. Malaki. Uh, Hi, I'm Ray Borsa. Yeah, right. Exactly, right. Uh, so that should have been the first uh, tip off that it was bullshit, is his name was actually nonsense. <laughs> my name is. Meet my friend. Yeah. Yeah, my name is. I'm talking Does that nonsense. Meet my friend Tim. Pull the other <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But the second, so somebody said, that, "Yeah, well, the, actually, the first thing that should have tipped us off that this was bullshit is that he said he went to heaven. <laughs> that should have been the real so sign. He, he said he went to heaven. They believed him. Then he said it's not true. And then they chose not to believe yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we got it back. Like, yeah, I don't know. The, the, yeah. uh, so f- fucking, what? What do we learn from that? Surprise! Just that Christians yeah. are gullible and uh, will. That's how you make yeah. money. That's how you make a lot of freaking yeah. money pandering to the by Christians. The, We're doing this. Yeah. By the way, I went to heaven uh, last night, Ray, for at least <laughs> three minutes, um, and then 
No, that's seven minutes in, in heaven, the closet game where you go in there with a girl. I think you're getting well, these I confused. was with a girl, in a girl, wasn't in a closet. Okay. <laughs> See, I told that's you. That's what I was getting at. Um, and then I pulled out, Sorry. wiped off, and went to sleep. Um, the other story, before we finish, I, this isn't a story so much as it's me just wondering. I saw, I saw, this, I saw this article the other day um, that uh, the number of Russian bots has increased by 2,000%. In uh, wow. the last few days, for some reason, and we we hear a lot of stories about Russian bots, Russian bots all over social mm-hmm. media. I was like, how come we never hear about American bots? Now, if, right. if the Russians have have weaponized bots to spread disinformation or spread alternative information, let's just say, not even disinformation, but information that runs counter to the narrative. Some of it may be true, some of it may not, I don't know. In On social media, you have to imagine that the Americans are doing it too and were probably doing it first. Yeah, we're not going to get left behind. No bot left behind. Right. So if anyone's weaponizing anything in this planet, America's doing it first. <laughs> America's been weaponizing the, the world. You know, that's, the, that's the motto of the country, isn't it? So you got rid of E Pluribus Newman. <laughs> Newman? Newman? Newman. E Pluribus Newman. Newman! Newman! And your new motto is, we weaponize shit, um, and then we, we sell everything. it to dictators. Yeah. So I think that in Latin is whatever you, is your motto. <laughs> So you have to imagine that the American government via its intelligence agencies has been using bots either in America or internationally. Now, I know it's probably Mm -hmm. illegal for them to do that uh, domestically, but then they've done a lot of shit that's illegal. Like the whole NSA wiretapping, uh, warrantless wiretapping is illegal, and that didn't stop them. Right. So we've got to be pretty sure they're doing it. And if they're not doing it directly domestically, they're going to be doing it via third parties. Um, so there's, there's there's a bit of a, a buffer there. Like, okay, you right. get the IDF, Israeli Defense Forces, or their whatever their intelligence agency is. I can't remember. What's the fucking Israeli Secret Service? Mm-hmm. Um Oh, uh, I was, oh Mo- Mossad. Uh, you get Mossad. Mossad. You get Mossad to do yeah. it, or you get MI6 to do it, or you've got somebody doing it. Uh, and, and then they're also doing it internationally. So I went looking for this, and I found a story. Uh, I, you know, I didn't look long. Mm-hmm. It was, I, know, I, was on the, I was probably taking a shit when I looked this up. I was like, I had a spare minute, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, yeah, I want This is from December 2017. Um. Uh-huh. From uh, the DFR Lab, Digital Forensic Research Lab, <clears throat> catalyzing a global network of digital forensic researchers following conflicts in real time. Um, they posted this on. You're getting good at Posted that. this on Medium. It says Election Watch: American bots in South Africa fake accounts boost attacks as ANC picks new leader. As the African National Congress prepared to choose its new leader. On December 18, a cluster of apparently American Twitter accounts began boosting partisan messaging. The accounts were automated Mm. bots created to impersonate genuine Twitter users and posting at sufficiently low rates to avoid automated detection. 
They numbered in the low hundreds. They were not engaged in large enough numbers to swing the political decision, nor do they appear to have fundamentally reshaped the online conversation. However, their presence serves as a warning of and primer for likely future tactics as South Africa heads towards presidential elections in 2019. As with other elections across the world, South Africans can expect social media to be a propaganda and misinformation battleground And the bot activity around the ANC's December National Electoral Conference is a taste of what can be expected in 2018 and 2019. Now, of course, this is exactly what Cambridge Analytica are being accused of using uh, Facebook profile information to target messages to susceptible voters during the last American presidential campaign. So that's one way of doing it. But that wasn't an official American government exercise. That was a Trump campaign exercise slash um, deep state exercise. Are you still there? Ray? Ray? Well, it looks like I lost Ray there. So uh, let me just wrap this up anyway. I've got to get out of here. got to get to a meeting. You know, the Cambridge Analytica thing wasn't an official U.S. Um, government or agency or, or deep state exercise. Or maybe it was a deep state exercise to get Trump elected. We don't know. But so leaving that aside, there has to be large application of, of uh, official uh, U.S. weaponized bots being used to manipulate information. I'm not sure if it's happening domestically or internationally, but you've got to look for it. So start doing that. Go out and try and figure out who are the bots and who aren't the bots. Um, and and let, let's wonder why the media is not investigating this. Why isn't the media talking about the use of American bots alongside the use of Russian bots? Because you've got to imagine it's happening. And the silence about that I find particularly interesting. Like as a journalist, you'd think... If you knew the Russians were using bots, your first question would be, well, what are we doing with bots? Where are we using bots? How, how are we using bots? Maybe it's just me, but I haven't seen a lot of that talk going on. All right, um, that's the end of the show for, for this week. Um, all of the show notes will be up on thebullshitfilter.com with links if you want to drill down to those stories. Um, love to get your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Uh, I'm uh, Well, don't follow us on Twitter. I never go to Twitter. Actually, follow me on um my new social network uh, that I'm now into, which is what what is it called? I can't micro dot blog. Yeah, this is a new sort of I don't know social network that's uh, not evil apparently. Micro dot blog. I'm at Cameron R on that. Um, follow me on Facebook uh, and Ray. Uh, check out our Reddit site now at cam and ray or r slash cam and ray and uh talk to you next week folks if you have if you see any stories you think we should talk about just shoot me an email cameron riley at gmail.com and um maybe we'll add them to the next uh show and also i'm going to try and figure out how to do this live or at least with a chat room we didn't get a chance to work it out this week but we'll try and do that in the future all right i'm out of here cheers bye Bullshit. 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 Bullsh
bullshit. 